to you in peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. From beautiful Hotel Candelaria in Antigua, Guatemala, my name is Sean Smith, and on behalf of myself and my beautiful wife, Don Maurice, hello. Welcome to Now is the Time. It is my privilege to welcome to the Mobile Pro Podcast booth here in Antigua, Guatemala. Stove crew number one working here in San Pedro, Las Huertas. I'm going to have the crew introduce themselves, starting with Eddie. My name is Addie Darnell, and I'm from Edmond, Oklahoma. This is Nick Gaston from Washington, Illinois. And I'm Daryl Darnell from Edmond, Oklahoma. Lady and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast booth. I am so excited because I have some podcast veterans here. Actually, not veterans of this podcast, but uh, they've been on several other podcasts, this father and daughter uh, team here. And of course, Nick Gaston has been on previous podcasts through this mission. Uh, Daryl and Addie, tell me about the podcasts that you guys have been in. This is Podcasters Week here in Guatemala, and we've got some podcasters, family members, and friends. Uh, tell us about your, your... You have a podcast right now, right? We do. So I, I, the very short version is I started podcasting in 2008 about the sci-fi TV show called Fringe, and that kind of over time grew into this podcast network called Golden Spiral Media, where we specialize in covering sci-fi and comic-themed, and a little bit of horror, um, TV and film. And just about a month ago now, Addie and I started, she, well, we had another podcast that I retired at the at the end of last year called Stuff I Learned Yesterday. And it was the only one on our network that had nothing to do with sci-fi or, or anything like that. It was non-geeky. It was just life lessons, uh, observational life lessons from, from my life. And we had other hosts. And Addie filled in and, and joined me on a few of those episodes. And now, uh, about a month ago, we started our own podcast. But I'll let her tell you about that. So we started a podcast on my favorite TV show called Stranger Things. It's a Netflix original and, um, yeah, it's been really fun doing it with you and stuff. So. Thanks. What's it called? Stranger Things. I already said that. No, the, the podcast name. Oh, <laughs> the Stranger Things podcast. Yeah, we, we the Fringe podcast, the Stranger Things podcast. We, we go and spend a lot of time trying to be really creative on our podcast time. I mean, we actually <laughs> tried this time, but we just ended up Yeah, we, basically. <laughs> we did make a list. <laughs> we did. We came late to the party, so some of our ideas had already been taken by others. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. That many fan podcasts about... Well, there's not. it's not that there's a ton, but... Some of the titles we liked most were already taken. Right, yeah. right. So tell me about this. Uh, so I've been in podcasting for quite a while, and I help teach mobile podcasting. Um, but I've never had a fan podcast. So how does this work? You review a show each week, or do you have uh, audience write-ins or call-ins? Or how, how does that work? Yeah, we what in the Netflix show Stranger Things is a little bit different because they dump an entire season at once. Right. And we're but we also came into it late. Like it it dumped last July and we're just now doing it and and so our our format is the same structurally but the way we approached it we had to kind of think through how do we want to do that. Typically a network releases a new episode each week and of course they take breaks every now and then. So we will do a single podcast episode about a single television episode. We break down our thoughts on it and make predictions on what's going to happen. And then, but we do it a couple of days after the episode has aired 
that gives listeners time to call in and share their thoughts and predictions and theories and that gotcha. sort of thing. But we've decided to take that same approach. Even though Netflix has is dumping an entire season at once, we've still decided to take it an episode at a time, really dig in deep, and give audience plenty of time to send in their feedback. So then, Addie, how do you collect the feedback and how do you use it on the podcast? Well, um, they have different ways of sending it in. Like, um, they can do it through the Golden Spiral Media website, which I don't remember the name of it. What was it? GoldenSpiralMedia.com slash feedback. And um, did, did they do it through our social media? They can leave feedback on our social media accounts. We have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then we have a phone number they can call and go straight to voicemail. So you take their audio, is that right? Mm-hmm. Or, do, or do they write in? And you they can well, write in as well. We'll read it. Well, there, yeah. Uh, there was that one time that someone wrote it and I read it. Mm-hmm. So, Addie, do you know anyone else your age? You're 14, is that right? Mm-hmm. Do you know anyone else your age who has a podcast? No. Do they even know what podcasting is? No. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you describe it to them? This is always my favorite thing. Like, how do you describe a podcast to somebody who doesn't know what it is? Well, no one's asked me, but um, if they did, I would probably say, well, it's basically an audio recording that we, like, based on, you know, like some show or movie or something, and we edit it, and yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really good at describing things. <laughs> What's your favorite part of podcasting? You've been doing it now with your dad for a while. Um, past couple months with this show, but then in previous. What What do you like about podcasting? Um, I like being able to talk. And um, especially about my favorite TV show. Because I, I love Stranger Things so much. It's... <laughs> <laughs> You can hear that. You can hear a smile through the <laughs> through the audio. It's amazing. Yeah, so it's it's pretty cool, and I I like doing it. And I mean, Dad wasn't my first choice doing the Stranger Things podcast. Oh, with. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, but I mean, it it worked out pretty well, I guess. Thanks. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> I think it's awesome that. You guys are doing it together, uh, and it's one of the things that we try to do here with the mission is make it possible for families to do things together, and you guys came on this trip together, and I'd love to know how that all evolved. You mentioned it a little bit last night at worship, Daryl. Um, how'd you guys get here, and why did you come to Podcasters Week? Well, it all started with you. You sent out the invitation to support what the work that you guys were doing here this summer. I was familiar distantly uh, that you were down here during the summers, but I didn't realize how in-depth it was. I just thought it was something that you did uh, once, a, once a week every year, you know? And boy, was I wrong. Um, so... When you invited uh, us to come down here, my, you know, my, I'm just so busy, and, and we all, we are all busy, but we're only as busy as we allow ourselves to be. My first thought was, we want to support you financially. We want to help put some stoves in, and I, I said, how much do stoves cost? I'd like to, you know, see how many I can provide. 
And you said something to the effect of, that's great, we'd love to have your money, but we'd rather have you down here and help support in that way. And if you want to, you know, support with some stoves too, that's great, but I'd really rather have you come down. And our family dynamic is is a little bit odd. It's not to say we don't travel as a family. We, We have done that, but our son has some food allergies that make it where we're really, like coming down here to a foreign country, that was not an option for us. We were none of us had ever been out in the country before, so we were not about to bring him uh, to a place where we didn't feel like we could safely um, be sure that he was not going to have something that had been cross contaminated. And my wife's kind of a homebody anyway; she doesn't like to travel. She actually kind of likes having the house to herself and stuff. <laughs> so her treat this week is having at least you know two of us out of the house. <laughs> So, and Addie loves to to travel. She loves to see and experience new things. And so, you know, after you challenged me to to come down here physically, I thought, okay, let me let me pray about that. Let me think about that, and then let me see if Addie's interested in it. And she was. So, long story short, here we are. <laughs> Addie, what did you think about this whole idea of going to a developing country, someplace you'd never been to? Did you even know where Guatemala was? I didn't when somebody told me about it. Well, I knew it was in Central America because in seventh grade we had to do map tests. So, um, wow, something actually useful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so school is helpful. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, it's not. I, <laughs> but, um now I, I still, like, don't really know where we're... I mean, I know we're in Central America, but I don't really know the exact location. Um, but I thought it was going to be kind of cool. I mean, um, actually, the other day, I was like, Dad, uh, I, I told him something about Walmart, and you were like, this is a third world country, there's not going to be a Walmart. And then, sure enough, there was a Walmart, and I was totally right, so... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Just they just came in two years ago. It's not like it's a big, you know. Yeah, I was really surprised. Now, obviously, the 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 part of the city where we're working in and installing stoves is not like that. But no, um, no Walmart. Yeah, there. yeah. So how uh, is very curious to me. I've got so many questions for you guys. Um, you mentioned. You thought this was kind of a small project of ours or something that we just kind of did. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious about how it's different. I mean, it's only been 24 hours, right. believe it or not, yeah. <laughs> since we started. Um, but I'm curious how it's different than what you thought it might have been. And then Addie especially, I'd really like to know, uh, what's, what surprised you? What was different from what you thought it might be? Well, I knew I knew there was probably going to be, um, you know, like more advanced stuff in the capital city because you know in most places there are, so I it, that was kind of what I expected, and then um, like I'd never seen any pictures of Guatemala before or anything like that, so um, when I got here I was kind of surprised but also kind of expected it because it's closer to the equator than where Oklahoma is, so. Um, it's a lot more tropical, and there there are mountains, and I think that's really cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's kind of what I expected, kind of not. Um, yeah, I so far I love it here. <laughs> Yay! Well, we love having you here. Well, for me, I didn't realize 
gosh, so many things that um, now the time is is involved with. Today, like I said, was kind of our orientation day. Help us figure out just what our surroundings are going to be like and, and kind of orient us to, to our environment and the people that we're going to be serving. Um, but it, so we spent a lot of time, I don't remember the, the, how to say the, the, the kind of home base we were at today. Corazon de los Niños, or exactly. Heart of the Children. That's the partner organization. They're stationed here permanently in Guatemala. Yeah, you got it right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I have no idea how to say that. Um, but the the work that they're doing with the pharmacy that they run, the clinic that they run, um, and, and they're not just doing it for you know the kids, but they're doing it for the entire family because they recognize that if someone in the family has a parasite, the entire family has the parasite. And you can, if you make sure their kids are well, that's temporary. And, you know, wellness means they can have education and spend time in school and, and doing other things that are going to help provide a, a, a better future for them and, and the community that, that they are a part of. And so I just didn't realize, you know, how deep it was and, and how many different services that are run out of that you and that's just one of the things that you're partnering with i mean there it's that's not your ministry that's the ministry that you're partnering with and the water filters and the you know the um adopt a kid stuff that's going on and, and just all the places that you're you're touching the, the people of guatemala and trying to really make a difference you guys don't make any money off of this this is not a one of those nonprofits that uh you know, spends most of its money in the community. This is a nonprofit that spends every dime and every penny into the community, and uh, I just am, was just blown away by just how many different things that you guys are able to do, mm-hmm. and then the story of how um, the once again you'll help me with the name. Uh, Quarters on the Los Niños. Yes, they take uh, the the this little bit of money uh, that is raised, and then they then. Uh, purchase uh, drugs for their pharmacy with that that they can then and they get those drugs at a greatly reduced price and then they can offer those drugs to their members uh, at, a, at, a, at a discount but still make a little bit of money and then sell them to the community and make more money and so it's just this this way of uh, taking a small amount of money and amplifying it into much more money that they can then again pour back into the community and help families and help in so many great ways, and so just seeing all that firsthand was—it blew me away. I had no idea that much work was was going on here, mm-hmm. and that you guys were involved in so many different things. Yeah, praise God! Yeah, it, they're an amazing organization. They've spent years learning how to become. Uh, there's this term autosustainable. Do you remember what that means, Addy? Autosustainable, self-sustaining. Uh, it's this whole idea of. You know, every project that they do is self-sustaining. They don't, uh, they're able to grow the programs and grow the money that uh, they are given. And that that's why we love partnering with them. They've taught us a lot. <laughs> They've taught us a lot about how to be great stewards of the gifts that, uh, that they are given. 
uh, let's talk about this guy mm-hmm. sitting quietly over in the corner because Nick Nick is uh, someone who came here like you guys, um, but many many years ago uh, as a first timer, and now um, he's been with us for nine years. He actually moved to Guatemala for six months. Was yep. it? Yeah, six months. Six months to um, do a lot of what. Lillian and Corazon de los Niños is doing. I mean, Nick is working with a program called Paso a Paso, and uh, he is trying to do the same thing, create a self-sustaining program and working with uh, after-school programs. Tell us some of the programs that you work with, Nick, some of the programs that Paso a Paso does, some of the projects that they're doing, and uh, and how you got got involved because it's a great story yeah so um the two the two biggest projects they do um are they have a preschool program for four and five year olds um which they do really great work with that the teachers once they get them in the public schools are like wow these kids there they need to be you know they need to be up a grade already because they do a lot of great work and it's it's something that a lot of the families in the community we or that they work in, they don't get that opportunity. It's extremely expensive for preschools, um, and everything is is free to the families, and they volunteer their time as kind of payment. So it's it's a really great program for them. Um, and then the other thing we do is after school tutoring. Um, so the children that are in primary school, they can come in the afternoons and receive tutoring. Um, and uh, how we got started, um, actually through this mission, um, it used to be one of the, the work sites um, that we installed stoves and floors at. Um, and um, after working there for oh, maybe three or four years, um, there was a lot of talk of developing a child sponsorship program for them um, to help with them with a little bit more reliable source of funds. They were spending a lot of time every single day going around all sorts of, of people and nonprofits and other organizations here looking for money and they were spending so much time looking for money that they weren't able to focus on the education the key for what they were there um so um <laughs> we were always we were in this room <laughs> yes Yes, I, I could see his eyes. We were in this room when he made this decision. Go ahead. Yeah, Go ahead. no. Uh, well, actually, the, the decision started, um, actually, it was day one, the Monday, we were um, out at the, the project site, um, and the kids, they were doing a dance, and they were singing, um, and there was just this little thought in the back of my head. It was, this could be the last time that I see these children. This could be the last time that I see this dance. Um, because they were they were really in a, a tough place um, that year financially. Um, financially yeah 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 um, so I there was that that little you know this could be the last time and then um, throughout the day there was just kind of you know more <laughs> more thoughts coming to mind and um, we get to the leaders meeting that night after you know going through the whole day and um, they were talking to you know kind of got off off track from <laughs> as we tend to do in the you know leader meetings we were talking about their their financial or where they were financially um and i was kind of sitting i usually sit in the back corner because you know small room and <laughs> a lot of people around the table that we're sitting at um and this is the most mm-hmm. talking nick has done in two years like he just doesn't <laughs> talk a whole lot so he was sitting in the corner 
kind of quietly as he usually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I just kind of, you know, spoke up and like, can we talk about this later? <laughs> I think, you know, I think I'm being called to, to run, a, you know, a child sponsorship program for him. And everyone just turns their head and... <laughs> <laughs> can you hear what? This music? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what? And that was... That was 2014, so just over three years ago now. And you were still in college at the yep, time. Yep, I was uh, a junior, just going into my junior year. So was it that next year you took your spring break to come down here? Mm-hmm. Well, so during that week, we did a lot of a lot of the groundwork of getting information and pictures and all that. But then, yeah, the following yeah spring break was kind of the first big big trip down here to by himself yeah. how many juniors in college do you know that not only want to launch out their own child sponsorship program for a project in a developing country but raise the funds and spend their spring break coming down here and setting it up mm-hmm. and then after graduating from college coming down to live here for six months to try and figure out the needs, how to make it self-sustaining. I mean, Nick is doing what Lillian did 20 years ago, trying to start something, trying to... And he's partnering with this organization that has some great ideas programmatically, but they they really struggle with how to run it as a self-sustaining nonprofit like 99% of the nonprofits in the world. You know, they really struggle. And Nick has some brilliant ideas and... uh, Last year, because he was here for so long and then, you know, really invested in that, he wasn't able to join us, and and he's been our right-hand man for several years doing the admin stuff for our mission, and you've seen it's it's a lot to organize, uh, one of these things, and um, for one week, let alone for four weeks, and, uh, and so this year we're so blessed to have him back. And how blessed are you guys to have him as a crew leader? Like, this is a really rare thing. He's usually doing admin work, which he's really great at. But uh, today, you guys had an opportunity to get out and learn how to build a stove. Tell me about that experience. This is the first time you'd ever seen one of these things and how it works. You visited the family. Uh, tell me what that experience is like for you guys. Well, um, I didn't really do any of the building part. I just um, was playing with uh, the five-year-old of the family. Yes. Um, his name was, what was it? Jose. Uh, Jose Leonardo. And, um, yeah, he was so cute. He, um, I asked him a couple questions in Spanish, like what his name was and how old he was. And I asked him if he spoke English. He said no, but his grandfather did. So he didn't understand anything we were saying. I didn't understand half the things he was saying. But, <laughs> but you got that much. It's pretty impressive, Addy, <laughs> really. Yeah, we, uh, most of the time we were, you know, either chasing each other around. And, I mean, I wasn't the only one uh with him, uh, Hope, Hope and, and Maddox. Thanks. Uh, uh, yeah, Hope and Maddox, they were there too, and they we were all just, you know, throwing around stuffed animals and hitting each other with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I was really sad to say goodbye to him. Mm. So, yeah, I hope he comes to VBS. Yeah, he probably will. Uh, we, we hope he does too. But what's so great, now I'm just smiling the whole time she's talking, is because we say the most important thing that we do this week is not installing the stove. 
but it's spending time with those kids because that's irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. That is like that commercially you know, priceless. I mean, you put a price on the stove and it's going to last for 10, 15 years. They take care of it. And, but the time that you have to spend with these kids is just, it's priceless. So I just, very proud sitting over here thinking, wow, you spent all that time with the kid. That's so great. So your dad was the one who built the stove then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I helped. It was, it was a really interesting experience. This was the first um, home that I had been in here in Guatemala or, or uh, the, the Hermanos, what was the name of the village we were in? Um, San Pedro Las Huertas. I was way off. Huertas, <laughs> <laughs> I think, is what I was thinking of. But yes, so when we walk in, it was just a flood of newness to me. And I, I don't really, there was one thing that, that stuck out to me, and it was what I thought was a, a, like a cement or a, you know, a statue. I thought it was made out of rock. And so we, we, uh, we go back to the casino, casino kitchen. Cucina, uh-huh. Cucina, and where we're installing, and Nick and Michael was there to kind of show us around, and it got to a point where we were basically done with our work, and it was too many cooks in the kitchen, really, to quite literally. Uh, Nick and Michael and, uh, and Peter were, were working on it, so, uh, well, actually, Michael had stepped out and was talking to what turned out to be the uncle, and then Michael was translating and telling me, and it wasn't a statue made of rock or cement that I saw. It was hand-carved from wood. And now I begin to look around this home and with dirt floors and, and tarps for the ceiling and the, the laundries hanging, you know, in, the, in the, an area that has no tarps so the sun can hit it. And there are wood carvings everywhere. And that's what this family does. Uh, as far as I could tell, that's, that's how they earn their living. I, I, I don't know that to be completely mm-hmm. their, their way of living. Okay. And um, their uncle, who was also named was Jose, they were all actually named Jose something. <laughs> yeah. even, even the wife, I, uh, her, middle name, her middle name was Jose. Um, and he was just, he would, he, there was a picture of uh, Jesus and uh, baby Jesus, and he was just carving away. And when we came in, the first time I noticed it, um, it was still pretty rough looking because he was just starting to make the, I mean, you could definitely see the face, the body was rough, he was just starting on the body. By the time we left, which was an hour, I mean, it was smoothing out and looking amazing. I wow. mean, it, it looked amazing when we got there based on what I could do. And it was just really cool to see this craftsman, this master craftsman, just hand carving this stuff. And the, um, the grandfather showed us some of the tools that he had handmade to help with his craft. And wow. uh, so that was really incredible for me. Um, uh, Jose, the son. So you have the, you have the grandfather, the uncle, the son. And then, as Addie mentioned, the, the grandchild all, and, and the wife all living in this, uh, under this roof. And, you know, so Jose, the son, he's probably in his 20s, I would guess, you know, asked me, you know, um, are you married? You know, and I said yes. I've gotten married eighteen years, and, and, and Nick and Michael had to help me. I, my mind went blank. I couldn't even think of numbers, basic numbers. I said eighteen years, and 
I pointed to Addie and said, she's my daughter. And I said, I told him I had a son back home. And it, you know, just, it just kind of boils it all down. We're all the same. We're all husbands and wives and, and fathers and, and family is what matters most. And here's this family all in this, this home that is extremely different than what mine looks like back in Oklahoma. But at the baseline of it, it's just a family trying to do the best they can, show love and provide. And I found a lot of commonality just in ta- just the little broken Spanish I could muster just trying to, what do we have in common? We have family in common. So I thought that was really cool. Mm. Great story. It's pretty rare, Nick, isn't it, to see a, a wood craftsman like that? I don't think I've ever heard of anybody mm-hmm. stumbling on that. Some carpenters, but like a true artist. Yeah, we've we've stumbled on a lot of carpenters, but woodwork. I don't. It doesn't doesn't ring a bell. I haven't been in many houses the past few years helping with the admin stuff, so <laughs> not a great person to ask. <laughs> no, but I mean, we would have heard yeah. that story. I mean, that's uh, that's amazing. So a lot of people tell me, <clears throat> I, I just said before we hit record, a lot of people tell me that, uh, man, I don't, when they get back home, they don't remember what happened on Thursday, let alone on Monday. So I want to ask you, what's one thing that happened today or one person that you met that in a year from now you want to remember? Pretty much everyone I met today. <laughs> um, I, I met two kids um, at the the place on the thing. Corazon de los Niños? Yes, that. I can't pronounce the first word. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, actually, no, I met three kids there. Uh, one of them, or two of them were before uh, we uh, went to go to the stove thing. And then <laughs> the other one was after. And um, so... Maddox, he was looking for the two kids that we met before, and um, so that's how I kind of met the other dude. Uh, so I, uh, Maddox asked him if he knew where they were in English, and he said he didn't speak English at all. So um, I told him what to say in Spanish, and he still didn't know where they were. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> So then I went over and talked to him, and I was like, hey, what's your name? And he was like, oh, wait, what's his name? His, his name was Juan, I think. Um, and then I told him my name. And I never asked him how old he was. I forgot. But, um, yeah, he seemed like he was somewhere around my age. And then the two younger kids that we met before, um, one of them was four, and the other one was eight. So they, they were so cute. Um and then, of course, um, the uh, five-year-old that we met, which mm-hmm. he, he was so cute too. They're, they're all just so adorable, and they're, they're everyone's really nice here. And yeah. Yeah, the kids are just really warm. They kind of run up to you and they want to play or give you a hug or yeah. whatever. And uh, it's it's a universal language, isn't it? Although you you do speak Spanish some. I'm really impressed with your Spanish. I have to say, I saw you speaking to some people. It's got to make a father proud over here. She's done really well. Very proud. Better than you. Yes. <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> no argument. Daryl, do you have a memory, something that you'd like to hold on to? Well, I mean, I shared the family already, so aside from that, um, uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing, is it Castillo? Castillo? Cas- Casildo? Casildo, yes. 
he he um your story about Casildo really impressed me um but even then I had a chance with, to chat with him because he speaks English pretty well too mm-hmm. so he's he's a He's a guy I'm a little bit more comfortable speaking with because I know I can carry on a conversation. <laughs> and like he's, he was wearing some shoes that I really liked today. And so I went up to him and said, ¿Cómo se dice shoes? And I wasn't thinking of Zapatos at the time. And, and, and then it occurred to me, like, as soon as I said it, and, and he said, well, Zapatos is kind of shoes in general. These are, we call them tinnies. And so we had a nice little conversation about his shoes and, and stuff. But uh, he's got a great heart. And so he's he's been... Uh, uh, a great guy because he, he's local, um, so I, I kind of I kind of find myself just watching him, watching him interact with the people and mm-hmm. the, and the locals, and uh, he he is a great person to kind of be that liaison between mm-hmm. us and I mean, we have guys like Nick and Michael and you uh, who uh, can can speak and translate, but he's also another guy too, and he's he's living here and and so I feel like he's. He's kind of unique in that regard, and so anyway, he just really struck out to me as a as a really cool person, and I'm glad to have him as part of our team. <clears throat> so the brief story of Casildo was in 1976. There was a giant earthquake that destroyed lots of homes in Guatemala, including his. And about four months later, a group of American missionaries, much like our team, came and built him a new house, and. Ever since then, he has volunteered, true volunteer, not looking for a job, not looking for a handout, truly volunteered with uh, many groups since then to say thank you to us for uh, building the house. And he uh, he's one of the most Christ-like people we've ever met. It just like you said, huge heart, unconditionally loving, works really hard, loves the kids, spends time with the kids, is always focused on the kids, and uh, always wants to give back for the blessings that he's been given. So uh, he's a treasure mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Good way of putting it. Nick, did you have any moments that stuck out today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't really had much much time to decompress from the day, right? Um, or but this but I mean, I mean, it, this week will be very different for me because I haven't been in too many houses over the past four or five years. Um, and it's just a very very different experience to be in the houses. So I'm looking looking forward to that and interacting with the families, and so it's so true. I spent. 10 of the 12 years in the office. I mean, very rarely would I get... The only time I'd get to a house is doing return visits when Don Reese and I would come back in like January and March and we'd do return visits. But I didn't put a stove in until two years ago. I'd just never done it before. And finally, Don Reese and I said, we have to do this. Like, we have to get in the families and get back in touch with the people that we're actually serving and... You know, you get you get busy with trying to organize all this stuff and get materials in front of people so that you guys aren't sitting around waiting for materials or waiting for things to happen, buses and things. And somebody has to do that job, but to get back in the homes and the, the families. And now you speak Spanish so much better, Nick, so I would imagine it's going to be a much more rich, colorful experience for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were telling me the the whole story of uh, you know the the family and you know bits and pieces on the drive home, mm-hmm. and four years ago you wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, it's really. I'm, I'm proud of him <laughs> his Spanish skills and not just Spanish but of Nick's heart and all the work that he's done here in Guatemala well I don't want to keep you from worship but I do want to just take this moment to say you know on behalf of Domaris and myself and Lillian the director of uh, Corazon de los Niños um, thank you thank you all for coming to Guatemala for loving those kids and loving their stories and loving the other volunteers like Casildo and loving entire villages of children, Nick, that just need an opportunity. They're looking for some help and uh, you all are just an incredible blessing to, uh, to all of them and we're so honored to share this time with you and to share this mission with you. Uh, So thank you for your service to our Lord and to his children here in Guatemala. And thanks for sharing your stories on the podcast. So that's all the time we have for now from Antigua, Guatemala. If you'd like more information about our mission, team photos, audio podcasts, blog posts, or even YouTube videos, visit our mission website at nowisthetimeformissions.com. That's nowisthetimeformissions.com. And until next time, this is Sean Smith saying Dios te bendiga. May God bless you. Vaya con Dios, go with God. Pero no inmediatamente.